Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him radio program. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and the title of my message tonight is Frustration and Fighting Back. Have y'all ever had a week that was so hard you just felt like you'd been beat up? Me too. This one. (laughs) We live in really frustrating times, don't we? As Christians, we can see what's happening. And we can see what's coming. In times past, what is happening, our once free country being turned communist, would have been fought tooth and nail, protested, and possibly warred against. But in this time, it's being allowed simply because this is the time of God's judgment on wicked nations, not only America, but other nations that have denied him and turned their backs on him. One of God's judgments on wicked nations is wicked leaders. And we sure see that here, don't we? So we're just sitting here watching our country circling the drain and feeling kind of helpless, aren't we? And sometimes feeling kind of hopeless. But I'll tell you all something. We can still pray. We can still pray for mercy and for provision for ourselves and for our loved ones. This is God's judgment. He won't turn his judgment back. He's told many of us that he will not stay his hand from judgment this time because he's given us so many additional chances in the past. But we can still ask for mercy for ourselves and for those we love. And this is really just the beginning of all this. And Christians are going to be the target of everyone's rage soon. We've already seen the beginnings of that right here in America. And for all of you in other nations who think America is the land of the free, it was once, but it is no more. We no longer have free speech here. I know someone who talked about the much-debated shot, and the men in the black SUV showed up at his house. That's what that will get you now. Our freedoms are a thing of the past, more being taken every day, so I'll just let you know that. I don't know how long we, as Christians, will be allowed to preach the gospel to you, but we, meaning all of us who are devoted to the Lord and sold out to his calling on our lives, will continue to for as long as we can. And just to let you know, I pray for y'all all all the time, you listeners here in America and also you that are not here. We all need to be praying for each other. And when this all goes down, I will still be praying for you and hoping that y'all are doing good through all the things you're facing. I don't feel like Christians really have a whole lot longer here on the earth. I cannot say how we would leave here because I don't know that. But I keep having the feeling we're not here much longer in this world. But only the Lord knows how long is not much longer, right? Many of us have come under very intense attacks here lately. The warrior team at my church just came under very heavy attack. I'm not sure why that is happening just now, but it's not fun, I can tell you that. I'm on the warrior team, and I've been hit too. And since we're being attacked right and left, I thought we would talk about how to fight back a little bit. So I'm going to review a little spiritual warfare type of stuff with you tonight. Not so much step-by-step instructions, but just kind of some stuff. So let's talk about some types of spiritual attacks. 
that we can get hit with. We can be attacked physically. Physical attacks can be accidents like falling down. Physical, physical, sorry, blah, blah, blah. Stumbling over my words, y'all bear with me. It's late at night. Physical attacks can be major health attacks like strokes or heart, or heart attacks. I'm sure there are others I'm not thinking of right now. Mental attacks. Mental attacks can be through people sent to attack you because that's a type of pressure on you mentally. Mental attacks can be persecution. A lot of people hate us just because they think we're stupid for believing in Jesus. And that's just the way it is. I don't know about y'all. I'm not going to stop believing in Jesus because people think I'm stupid. I don't care. Mental attacks can be tormenting thoughts. But keep in mind here that some tormenting thoughts are caused by unforgiveness. If someone hurt you or rejected you or whatever, and you refuse to do the right thing and forgive them the way Christ forgave you, then you are handed over to the tormentors. Those torments can come in various ways, including mental or physical. I believe some people who die long, lingering deaths from cancer or other tortuous illnesses that are very painful have actually been handed over to the tormentors, and the Lord is giving them a little bit more time to repent. All don't, but hopefully at least some do. Emotional attacks. Now, these are attacks on your emotions. Watchman Nee says that emotions are the believer's number one enemy, and for good reason. It's easy for the enemy to get you into trouble if your emotions are running your life. Can I just tell you that? If you fly off the handle all the time, or you chase after anything that looks good to you, you are being bossed around by your emotions. If you are stuck on revenge and that's all you can think about, you are being bossed around by your emotions. If you're angry all the time, you are being bossed around by your emotions. I'm just saying. Emotional attacks could include anger outbursts. The enemy will set you up to lose your cool again and again, partly to discredit you because nobody respects somebody who can't keep it together. And, you know, they may he may set you up to suffer loss so you will be emotional in a grief-stricken way there are a lot of ways that he can get you give this some thought financial attacks financial attacks could include money lost or down the drain from mistakes it could include job losses that drive you into debt they could include illnesses that eat up your finances that's a big one with financial attacks attacks on your reputation these are generally attacks set up to discredit you Attacks on your reputation can keep you from getting a great job you want. Uh, they can affect your family as well. Attacks on your loved ones. This round of attacks, I've noticed, has also hit those around us. And, you know, uh, my friend Cheryl told me that T.B. Joshua says that anything close to God gets attacked. And I think that's so true. I absolutely believe that's true. So something else I've noticed in this round of attacks is that it's bringing really weird stuff. Are any of y'all seeing that? I'm seeing really strange scenarios, and I'm talking about stuff you could not even make up if you tried. I don't think I've ever seen the attacks get as weird as they have this time. Attacks on your family. Attacks on your family can in include attacks on your relationships, like your marriage or other close relationships. Remember, the enemy always attacks through those closest to you. He can attack through your children and turn your children against you. He can turn your spouse against you. Anybody 
What, what generally happens with the enemy is he looks for the weakest link around you. And whoever has the least amount of Jesus in their life, that's who he's going to use to attack you. And he just starts working on them. And he puts thoughts in their mind and just gets them to believe this or that or tells them how wrong they've been done. And he wastes all their time and all their energy and uses them like a gun to fire at you. That's what he does. Okay, let's talk about one story in the Bible where a much larger enemy came to attack God's people. This is much like what will be happening to all of us Christians soon, so we should commit this story to memory for when they take our Bibles away from us, okay? Second Chronicles 20. I'm going to start in verse 1. I'm going to read you all the whole story. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There comes a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria, and behold, they be in, oh boy, I cannot pronounce that, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. This is interesting, y'all. I'm sitting here watching the graph as I record this, and it turned down as soon as I started reading Second Chronicles, Chronicles chapter 20. Okay. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art thou not God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou God, our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land? Art, thou, art not thou our God, who did drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and gave it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwell therein. And have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If, when evil comes upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. And now, behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou would not let, in, let Israel invade, whom thou would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, wilt not thou judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord, with their little ones, their wives, and their children. And he said, Hearken, ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go you down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand you still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head 
with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. So shall you be established. Believe his prophets. So shall you prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, that they should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and none escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering the spoil. It was so much. Now I want to just kind of review with you real quickly what King Jehoshaphat did. Number one, he got a bad report in verse two. In verse 3, said he was afraid, but he set himself to seek the Lord anyway. You know, John Wayne said, courage is, is being afraid and saddling up anyway. Okay. And he went to God and he said, aren't you God? Aren't you the one that nobody can stand before? In your hand, is there not power and might that nobody is able to stand before you? That's a good prayer right there. And he reminded God of his word, you know, everything that was going on. And he said, will you not judge them? We don't have any power against this great company. And we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And verse 13 says, And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. They waited, y'all. They waited before the Lord. They didn't just say a quick prayer and say, Amen, bless me, bless me, Amen, and then run off and go do their own thing. Y'all pay attention. That's a word for somebody, ain't it? And then the Lord said, be not afraid or dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, it's God's. And I guarantee you this, when the persecution of the end times, which is coming up very soon against Christians, comes against us, that is not our battle. Can I just tell you that's not our fight? The battle is not yours, it is God's. Because when they come against us, they come against him. And you better know one thing for sure, he's not going to sit quietly while they do it either. So I'm just saying. God even told them where to find their enemies in verse 16. He said, tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. He gave them a spot right on the map and said, there, that's where they're going to be right there going out there against them. I got you. He said, I got you. And so Jehoshaphat in verse 18 bowed his head and put his face down to the ground, thanking God and the inhabitants and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord worshiping. And they started praising. And that's a good response. When God's helping you out, let me tell you, it's a good response all the time, no matter what. Good or bad, just praise Him. So in the times coming, 
people will lie about us, and they do now sometimes too, attack our reputations, and do no telling what else to us. But y'all, we can still stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, because make no mistake about this. The Lord your God, whom you serve, will defend you, and he will do it so well everyone will see the enemy's defeat. Don't y'all forget when the time comes, when I cannot put out these podcasts anymore, okay? You remember what I've told you. He will defend you. Does that mean nothing will happen to us? No, it does not. King David was attacked. He was attacked by his own son who wanted to strip him of the kingdom. And David wept because he loved his son. And he instructed all his men, don't hurt him, don't hurt him. But you know what happened? God took over that situation. This, the whole situation worked out. Somebody did something really bad. The guy who was over David's army didn't listen when David said, don't kill my son. And he did go kill him because he was afraid for David. They were trying to defend the kingdom. And they said, you know, it's more important that the, that the kingdom survives with this good king, you know, than this wicked son survives. So though David's son was killed, even though he was heartbroken over Absalom's death, his kingdom, which God had put into place, was kept safe. God will take care of you. He will not take care of those who attack you. Okay. The Bible is very clear about what happens to the wicked and people who don't believe and people who come against God's people like that and attack and try to destroy him. Those are the wicked. Daniel in his time was persecuted for praying where people could hear him. The wicked were jealous of him, and so they tried to destroy him, but God turned it around so that it actually caused Daniel to be promoted (laughs) and respected very highly. He was prospered, and he was happy. 1 Peter 5.8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Ephesians 6.10-12, well, 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not in the power of our might, but in the power of his might. We're supposed to be strong. And 2 Corinthians 10, 3 says, But though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh, do we? So I noticed as I was getting (laughs) hit again and again with these attacks this week that I felt beat up. And I just felt like I'd been beat up. I literally felt like I used to feel after I'd taken a physical attack. One day I was running dishwater to do my dishes and I was thinking about that and I started loafing. I started laughing and I said, well, Lomax, you big dummy, you didn't put your armor on. So I started putting my armor on that day and guess what? I'm still getting hit with stuff, but I don't feel beat up anymore. So that armor is really more important than you may think. God gave us the weapons of Ephesians 6 because he knew we were in a war and we would need them. If we were not supposed to do warfare, he would not have left us weapons, clearly. So let me read you Ephesians chapter 6, 10 to 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. There's a woman that God has has got something to say to you. There's a woman that you've been standing and standing and standing, and you're getting a little tired of standing. You're getting a little bit of weak from standing, too. And you're just about to give up on God, and he says, don't give up. Do not give up, woman of God, because your breakthrough is right at the door. He said it's right at the door. 
Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to stand, you shall be wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Okay, I want to pray for y'all real quick. This is not going to be a long podcast. Okay, it's really late. It's after. It's already like 1030 where I'm at. But those of you who are also in Central Time Zone, you probably know that I usually record real late. First of all, if you don't know Jesus and you're really not sure where you would go spend eternity if you die in the next five minutes, I would like to invite you to join the Worldwide Family of God. There is an incredible peace that settles over your mind and your life when you devote yourself to serving the King of Kings. There is no amount of wealth, whiskey, or drugs that will ever give you this peace. Because this peace only comes from one place, and that's Jesus. The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, that whoever and whosoever, and you are a whosoever, shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let me tell you something. It does not matter how much you have sinned. It does not matter how bad you have sinned. I did too. He loves you. He loves you. Not like the world loves, but endlessly, faithfully, and unconditionally. Even if you're in sin, he still loves you. I just want you to know that. He wants you to come there where he is after you die. No matter how much you've been rejected, abused, cast out, or made fun of in this life, heaven can be your home when it's all said and done down here, which is going to be really soon. And y'all, it don't take a rocket scientist to look at our world and know we don't have very much longer. And none of us knows when that time is going to be up. You could walk out your door tomorrow and die in a car accident. This is not something to put off. Please hear me on this. I'm trying to help you. I ran from the Lord for almost every bit of the first 36 years of my life. I should have been on the track team I ran so hard. There is seldom time to repent and get saved at the last minute. I just thought, well, when I don't have anything else better to do, then I'll get saved. I'll serve God. That's a terrible attitude. There is seldom time to repent and get saved at the last minute. But that will especially be true in our time. Do not put this off. Say the prayer and deal with the sin and stuff later if you need to. But get yourself right first, okay? Jesus always gets the fish in the boat and then he cleans them up, all right? The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But that if we are willing to repent and turn from our sins with his help, he meets you right where you are and he helps you with one sin at a time. You will actually want to turn from them. If we are willing to repent and turn from our sins that he will cast them away as far as the east is from the west, which is a long ways, by the way, which means he will never even remember them again. They'll be gone. And that if we are willing to believe that Jesus died for us on the cross, he died as a sacrificial lamb, which was in biblical times the proper offering to get forgiven of sin, and that God raised him again from the dead, which, by the way, is documented for any of you that don't know that, Josephus, a well-known historian from that time, documented it, and others did as well. In fact, every educated scholar I've ever heard of that set out to disprove the resurrection of Jesus has actually ended up believing in him. That cannot be coincidence. Can I just say that? So if you have a scientific mind, be aware we are not talking about fairy tales here, but a man who really lived was crucified and came back to life and was seen by many people in his, I want to say Josephus says like 500 people or something. 
It's a long time ago when I read that. I bought the big Josephus history book because I wanted to read it for myself. So he really lived and was crucified and came back to life and was seen by hundreds of people in his time and who has now ascended to heaven and is still alive up there. And now he wants to use his miracle working power to erase all your sins, all your mistakes, and give you a new life of peace and joy and provision where it is not so hard. Everything is not so hard when you walk, you walk with him. You just have to say yes and be willing to believe in him. If you say yes, you can whisper this prayer. Or just tell the Lord you believe and you're saying yes to his offer. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins and that you were raised again from the dead. I'm so sorry, Lord, for my sins. Please forgive them and erase them forever from your memory. I accept your offer of new life. Make me a new creature. In your name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer, welcome to the worldwide family of God. You are now heaven bound, which means your sprawling mansion in heaven is now under construction. Congratulations. And many angels in heaven right now are doing the happy dance because you said yes. Okay, I will end with this. I like to take my dogs places with me. They have their own seats in the back seat of my pickup. I have a small elderly dog named Bambi who has always had anxiety, I think from having to survive on her own when she lived in the streets as a tiny little thing with no one to feed or care for her. A few days ago, we'd gone to pick up a grocery order, and arriving home, I went to get Bambi out of the seat and, you know, get her into the house. As soon as I picked her up, she began fighting me. She fights, kicks, and squirms hard for a dog her size. All I was trying to do was set her gently down at the ground so she could walk indoors. As she continued to fight me, I tried to calm her down. I said, I got you. I got you. It's okay. I got you. Suddenly, I realized that's exactly how we are with the Lord when we don't understand a situation. He's trying to help us. And as we struggle trying to get our own footing, when, when the whole time, suddenly I realized that's exactly how we are with the Lord when we don't understand a situation. He's trying to help us. And we struggle trying to get our own footing when the whole time he's saying, I got you. It's okay. I got you. He's got you. Jesus bless you. Thanks for listening. Y'all have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., Glenda Lomax. P.O. Box 60, Glencoe, Arkansas, 72539, or by email at jphtoday at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. Have you ever gone through a time in your life where suddenly it just felt like your whole life was falling apart? I call these experiences the wilderness experiences. Wilderness experiences are a time of great uncertainty and change. Uh, There are times when our faith is tried and refined. After many experiences, the Lord spoke to me to write The Wilderness Companion, which is a virtual roadmap through the desert times of your life. Find out why you've been led to the wilderness. Find out what the biggest hindrance is to receiving provision in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. 
drastically cut the time you spend in the wilderness by learning how to partner with the Lord instead of working against Him. Every Christian needs to read The Wilderness Companion. It's by Glenda Lomax, and it's available on Amazon.com or WingsOfProphecy.com. Amazon.com, The Wilderness Companion by Glenda Lomax. What is in store for the once great and mighty nation of America in these end times? What is the living God saying to the people of America now? What could possibly be in store for a nation that once trusted in God, but has changed its path from following in the living God's ways to now removing Him from everything and walking the other way? In the book, No Longer Mind, you will find all the messages to America collected in one place in chronological order. No Longer Mind, Messages to an Unrepentant Nation is now available in print at wingsofprophecy.com in the bookstore tab. Get your copy of No Longer Mind today. Sidewalk Flowers Volume 1 is a collection of 58 short inspirational readings that will uplift, comfort, and encourage readers from every walk of life. Sidewalk Flowers includes inspirational tales and topics taken from the lives of everyday people who exhibited extraordinary wisdom, kindness, and courage while traveling the sidewalks of life. Get your copy of Sidewalk Flowers Volume 1 today, available in print and new audiobook. Sidewalk Flowers Volume 1 by Glenda Lomax, available on Amazon.com, in print or new audiobook. There is no one on earth who has not been wronged at some time in their life. Everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has been hurt by someone. The pain you have suffered does not make you special. It is what you do with that pain that sets you apart. Life can make you bitter or it can make you better. You choose. The only difference between the two is the I 